0: Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I am Tony Serino alongside Christopher Carter. And this is your daily dose of all things Steelers. Today on the show, Chris and I are going to break down the challenges that this Seattle offense is going to bring to this Steeler defense and how similar it is to what the Patriots did a week ago and how this Steeler defense can improve from what was really a poor performance against the Patriots. Welcome to the show. You can find more of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the new Himalaya app, Wherever you find podcasts, search Locked On Steelers. Hit that subscribe button. Make sure to get your daily dose. You can follow us on Twitter, at LO Steelers. You can find us on Facebook, search Locked On Steelers. Hit like on the Facebook page, but make sure you also join the Facebook group. You can also find us on Instagram, at Locked On Steelers. In three, two. All right, Chris, how are you doing today? Doing all right. How are you, my man? I am doing well. Looking forward to another Steeler game on Sunday. Glad this one kicks off. At 1 o'clock, I know you'll be in the stadium for that one. Um, we can actually record this one day of the game, get the podcast out early. It's it's going to be a nice, relaxing Sunday. Get to watch some football, including, hopefully, a Steelers win. We do have some list, listener questions to get to today. We got one via Twitter. Mike writes in, Who is the Steelers' secret weapon this week like Johnny Holton in week one? Now, I hope that that's a joke, and I think it is. Uh, but, Chris, is there a Johnny Holton like secret weapon the Steelers can put out there for the Seahawks? Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't expect Holton to get as many looks. Feekner did come out and admit that he messed up. Um, there was a really good article written by Dale Lolly today, uh, or really yesterday, at, uh, at, on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Um, so I suggest you go check that out. But he basically came out and admitted what he had been, uh, you know, that they, they, he, he was even somewhat scared. Uh, during the Patriots game, which is a weird thing for a coordinator to admit. But he said after the run was shut down, he wasn't, sh- he was unsure of what to call. And that's not a good thing. Um,
0: yeah, I thought but- that that was an interesting quote because so I, ch- another thing I charted yesterday as I was going through the game, I think I have this piece of paper in my pocket. So I just, if I sound, you just hear rustling, that's me trying to dig for this piece of paper. I believe their run pass ratio in the first four drives of the game was 50 50. So I know he says he got away from the run. But, you know, we talked about this yesterday. There, there were only five drives in, or six drives in this game that were meaningful for the Steelers before the game got out of hand. I actually thought the run-pass ratio was maybe too much run, right? You, were, you really don't want to be 50-50. That's not, you know, we talk about balance. That's not really balance, right? That's more, uh, more carries for the running back than it is for your, your, you know, your four wide receiver sets. So um, it was an interesting comment from him. But, but yeah, he did say he, he, he got away from the run and, and uh, he wasn't happy with his own play calling.
1: Yeah, and I think some of that has to do with, um, you know, just him not him not seeing what he saw last year, and, and that kind of having to deviate from his plan. Um, this is why this is this is why Todd Haley used to script the first twenty plays or so. He said, you know, you'd come in, you'd want to establish your identity, and you'd want to go a certain way to to test things out. Um, and, and, and you want
0: to see how defenses line up against your offense too, right? In certain looks.
1: Exactly. And, and and that'll tip their hand as far as what you can expect moving forward. I I think the big thing right now, they have to go with the guys that are playing the best. And I know that's not a long list right now, but as there, far as hold on,
0: who are those guys?
1: Right. So you have to put you have to look, make sure, make sure you're finding a way to get the ball to Juju. Make sure yeah. you find a way to get the ball to Washington. Make sure you're finding a way to get the ball to McDonald and Connor. And, and and you need to make it a point to do so, and you know it, it's unfortunate that because I think what they were trying to do was let Ben have the discretion of the ball distribution, um, but he might need that direction to say, hey, do this, go here, you know, f- figure, you know, put f- work this guy into the rotation, because uh, you know, if, if he because if he ends up you know coming out in this game and targeting Ryan Switzer and Johnny Holton again and things go awry. You're gonna have two games where you fell flat on your face because you put your eggs in the basket that you didn't invest in. You know, you they have they have two second round draft picks in Smith, Schuster, and Washington. You gotta put your money on the on those guys. You've invested a good deal of capital in McDonald. You gotta put your money on him. Connor's a guy that you that you're confident about as a running back. You gotta put your money on him. You gotta do things that are smart and uh, you know not. You know, in, investing in your, you know, going at you know, trying to overutilize your weaker players is uh, th- that's outthinking yourself and they need to avoid that. That's why I'm saying just the top dogs, get them out there. Use them. There
0: is one secret weapon, Chris, that they didn't use last week that they could deploy.
1: I swear to week. God, if you say Devlin Hodges, I will fly to Florida right now. And better, smack
0: better, better than Devlin Hodges. Devlin Hodges on the practice squad. They can't come on. He can't play in this game. But there is one guy we've talked about in the past. Maybe a tight end that they – Oh, uh,
1: you – no, <laughs> Zach Banner is not running. Zach
0: Banner a nine running nine. a nine route. The Seahawks That's never okay. – listen, you know, Figner wants to – what did he want to do with Johnny Holden, right? In fact, Ben said this during his Tuesday interviews. He said, you know, we wanted to surprise – the, the, bill we wanted to surprise the Patriots Stevens didn't think they would see a Johnny Holton deep ball coming which by the way can we talk about that for a second because what what did they when they saw Johnny Holton out there what did the Patriots think was coming Is he known for his speed out route do so they think he was going to run a little underneath route I mean all this guy did in preseason was catch deep ball so you know the fact that you know, they were trying to catch them off guard with Johnny Holton is a silly one but now listen I think the Zach Banner deep route that's one that they they never see coming. Now, I think I think you're right, though. Look, this is a game about getting the ball to Juju, getting the ball to Vance McDonald. Stick to what you know and stick to what has worked. Look, the Patriots did a very good job of shutting down Juju and shutting down Vance McDonald. And we talked yesterday at length about how many plays that Ben Roethlisberger probably missed. The Seahawks are not going to be able to do as as good a job as the Patriots did because they just don't have the personnel. Plus, this game is going to be in Heinz Field. We know this Steeler offense plays better in Heinz Field, this has to be a game that is about Juju. It is about Vance McDonald. I don't expect we're going to see more James Washington than Ryan Switzer in this game. I don't expect that this offense is going to change personnel very much at all. I think you know Ben likes Switzer. Ben likes uh, Moncrief. Those guys are still going to get extended reps until they you know if uh, until they continue to prove that they're not the best receivers on this team, and then down the line the Steelers make some adjustments, but. Um, no, I'm 100% with you. This this should be a game about the big three on offense, and the big three are Juju, Vance McDonald, and James Conner. Sprinkle in Switzer when it makes sense. If you need some short yardage pass, you know you want to pass instead of a run. That's fine. Get Moncrief involved at times, but make sure that the the core of this offense stays the core of this offense. All right, Jamar writes in. Who are you? Or what are you more tired of hearing about, Antonio Brown, or the communication issues? On defense, And I wrote back to Jamar on Facebook and I said, uh, I think you guys know the answer that I'm going to say here. So, Chris, what do you think? Uh, more, more frustrating to hear about the, this whole Antonio Brown saga as that continues in New England or the communication issues on the defense? Well, it's Antonio
1: Brown without a doubt. I mean, at least we're talking about football when there's communication issues. And I, and I want to make this clear. There's always communication issues on every team. There's times when the Patriots have communication issues. There's times... When, um, you know, like the Seahawks just had communication issues last week. And I understand, well, it's been there for years. Y- yeah, every team has had a secondary for years. That's that's the whole point of having a team. Yeah, you have you have things that you have to overcome every season. Unless you have an all-pro secondary, you're most likely going to have times where you miscommunicate and, and mistakes happen. Um, and, and, and let's face it, you know, this is the first year that we can say that the Steelers have invested in each position – properly um, you know they've gotten some Joe they, they, they still have Joe Hayden Stephen Nelson um, and, and Stephen Nelson didn't have a horrible game uh, last week um, you know Terrell Edmonds if, if Sean Davis he's back in full practice uh, if he's a, if he's in the mix I think Edmonds can finally go back to what he, he likes to do and that's his patrol mode and not playing the deep safety role Davis can keep him on point with that communication I think there's a lot going on there um, so, so I'm okay with the communication things because those things are going to happen, and that's how they learn from them. That that's how the team gets better. Antonio Brown. I mean, there's nothing there to that. That's just that's continued comedy for the rest of us to just kind of laugh at or just shriek at and uh, and just kind of be like, that's that's not good, AB. Um, so, uh, definitely my answer, Antonio Brown. I know Tony, you get this. Well, I was just
0: gonna ask you, you, but don't you think that there has been kind of a commonality to this whole communication thing? I mean, this has really been a problem since Keith Butler took over. I mean, I, you know, I, I said it on on Monday's podcast, but you can go all the way back to this this same game uh, in in 2014 when, or it was a 2015, whenever Keith Butler took over. I mean, that there was a lot of communications issues in that game, and you know, the you know that just continued. We could talk about the Jacksonville game, very much the same, and now. Here we are again. I mean, it does seem to be an issue. I'm, I'm not saying it's exclusive to a Keith Butler defense, I mean, but it has been under a Dick big Lebeau's issue.
1: That's, that's my point is that it, it's happened every point in time. Now, when LeBeau's defense was at its prime because it had Ike Taylor Deshay Townsend, Troy Polamalu, and, and, and Ryan Clark, there were a lot less because that group was very good together. And they had a great chemistry, but great chemistries don't just happen all the time. And you need talent out there, and you need talent with smarts, and then you need that to, the talent with smarts to mix together and build together. Um, and, and a big thing last week, they didn't have their main communicator in Sean Davis, and and, and you got a new guy in Cameron Kelly, and Stephen Nelson's new to the defense. You know, I, I think there's a lot of elements that you gotta consider when you're doing all this. So, um, to to me, the you know, I, I'm not, I yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ever gonna be tired of that conversation because it's going to happen every year until. They just say, you know what? Let's let's just go get Jalen Ramsey, and while we're at it, let's go get Harrison Smith, and while we're at it, let's go get Earl Thomas, and while we're at it, let's go get Xavier Rhodes. Now we don't have communication issues. That this it doesn't work like that, you know. It, well, it, I, it, but it, I also it, think it's, I mean, it's,
0: it's, it's, you don't need you don't need four All Pros out there to not have communication issues, right? I mean, you just need four players who communicate with one another, who understand the calls, who understand what they're looking at, and I think it's been a general problem with this defense that. Too often, the four guys have been out there. And look, we've gone through many changes in this secondary. Whether it was Mike Mitchell or it was Ross Cockrell or it was Antoine Blake or, you know, you name it. The problem with those players was always the same. And that's where I say the commonality there, you know, we could talk about the talent. But it kind of, to me, it just hasn't. It's never mattered. Joe Hayden's a very good corner. You know, Steven Nelson alongside him, very good. I don't think that, you know, it's going to take 16 weeks for these guys to be able to communicate. These guys are are good players I just I feel like the, the commonality there is Keith Butler, and that's what makes me so frustrated about this defense. But I, I will say this: Look, if there's a if and I've said this all week, if there's a side of the ball that I'm more worried about for the season, it's the offense right now, not the defense. The the defense we've seen Keith Butler's defense. We know this will eventually work itself out. The communications issues won't be this way all year. It will get better. Will it ever be good? That's a different discussion. But um, yeah, I I I, I am I, I for me I'm much more frustrated about the communication issues. It just gets a, it becomes a like, like, like Jamar says, is a tiring discussion. Uh, right, we're going to go to break here. When we come back, we'll do the injury report again. We have some better news in Pittsburgh to talk about. Hey, before we continue, want to let you guys know about DoorDash. If you have a long day at work, a tough day at school, or you're still stuck at the office, treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. I love DoorDash. I am a user of DoorDash. I used it when I was in Pittsburgh to get a Permani Brothers sandwich delivered right to my Airbnb while I was editing This podcast, it is a fantastic service. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities, so you might find a new favorite too. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. Don't forget, that's promo code LOCKEDON for $5 off from DoorDash. All right, so the practice reports are out for both Pittsburgh and Seattle. Much better news for Pittsburgh on this one. Uh, First of all, let's start with the guys who got coaches' days off. Ramon Foster got the day off, as did linebacker Mark Barron. Barron got some time off in training camp, Chris. So I went to look, you know, because the Steelers, you know, did have a poor performance on defense. Barron's going to be a guy who's rotated in and and so when we talk about, you know, the kind of communication issues and and really I don't think it was a communication issue with with Barron. I think Barron kind of fell into the same problem a lot of the defense has where they just kind of bit too hard on play action at times. I, also, I was so surprised to see Barron get the day off. And then I looked up his age. Only 29 years old for Mark Barron, but he's getting coaches days off as you know Ben Roethlisberger returned to practice as well. Um, should we read anything? I, mean, I know you and I were, were critical yesterday of Ben Roethlisberger getting the day off on Wednesday, given his poor performance on Sunday. You know, Baron being 29 years old, I know he got days off during training camp, but boy, that you know, this team feels like they need as
1: as much practice as they can get throughout the week. I mean, with with Baron, I, I guess you can question that. I mean, 29 also as a linebacker is a little older um he's you know and it also depends on player by player what your experience is you know baron has gone from a safety to a linebacker so yeah. there's some different changes there and i can imagine, guy too, yeah right right and i and i can imagine you know he's probably had some weight changes what probably affects his knees so you know you're probably looking at a guy that you got that that you're like okay let's give him a break for a little bit plus i mean you got you you, you want to see more of devin bush out there <gasps> um so, so I, I'm not too alarmed by that. I think the biggest thing right now with the Steelers is just they need uh, they they need to make sure that when they're out there, they're prepared for the ways that this that the Seahawks are going to try and switch them up. Some
0: other uh, some other players not practicing were Roosevelt Nix, who still out with that knee injury again. Tomlin saying he's not going to play for a couple weeks, so he will be out of practice. Seems like for a while here. Uh, Marquise Pouncey also out with an ankle injury. Joe Hayden sat out of practice with a shoulder injury. And I know you're thinking, Tony, I thought you said there was good news in this practice report. Well, there is. Joe Hayden did say, and, and Keith Butler said this as well, uh, that Joe Hayden still expects to play. So even though he hasn't practiced on Wednesday, he now hasn't practiced on Thursday. Hayden still expects to play. Will Hayden be one of those veterans that Tomlin lets play even if he doesn't practice? You have to imagine he'll return in even a limited capacity on Friday, and if he does, then I think you can expect him to play. I think he has the trust in Tomlin to say, hey, you know, even though you didn't practice all week, we'll still let you get a helmet. Again, as we talked about yesterday, if he doesn't play, it'll be Artie Burns. If Pouncy can't go, and, you know, kind of similar to Hayden here, you know, if he, if he's limited, maybe he can go. If not, and with an ankle injury, maybe you don't want to risk it. Uh, it'll be B.J. Finney in his place. I think the Steelers should feel pretty good about B.J. Finney taking the place of Marquise Pouncy, even though, you know, he, does. he had the false start on everyone but the center. And then the the real good news here, though, is everyone else who returned to full capacity. Juju, full capacity. Sean Davis, James Conner, Terrell Edmonds, TJ Watt, Zach Banner, all returning to practice in a full capacity. So, Chris, it seems like the Steelers will have their full arsenal out there, you know, maybe minus Hayden. And then we'll see some more Artie Burns and minus Pouncey. And we'll see Mark Barron. Or uh, excuse me, we'll see BJ Finney.
1: I was like, "Whoa, Mark Barrett Center might be scary." Um, (laughs) Secret uh, weapon. A secret weapon. Secret weapon. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I mean, that that, that's a good sign. But that that's again, it's why you're not too alarmed about the Wednesday practice report. It's the Thursday practice report where you start to say, "Okay, let you know, let's let's see who's coming back," because you know, there's always bumps and bruises in football. And especially it, it, it's funny, you know, you a lot of people talk about, oh, you have bumps and bruises, especially late in the year. But it's also in the beginning of the year when you're still getting back to being used to, you know, having to deal with football. Yeah, football shape. Day. Yeah, exactly. Football shape, being used to. And, yeah, sure, you went through training camp, but training camp is not like it used to be. You know, you have limited practices. You're you know, you're not you're not doing nearly you're not doing two days. You're not going crazy out there, um, you know. So you're I mean, and that helps with your body for the long term. And that's why they do it for the safety of it all and not grinding your body out nearly as quickly. But at the same time, when you need to be ready in the regular season, that's where you start to see guys just their their bodies kind of in that shape where they're like, well, you know, we still got we got to get used to this kind of pain and these kind of aches. Um, so, yeah, not surprised. At a lot of these things. I'm a little concerned about Marquise Pouncey, The the way that his ankle injury looked in the Patriots game was really concerning. Um, they haven't made a big deal of it, but uh, no. I, I i i'd be a, i'd be concerned for him moving forward because I do think he's he's very important to this offense.
0: Yeah, no, and, and you're, you're right because Tomlin only called out Knicks as being a player who's going to be out multiple weeks. So he right. Tomlin was you know kind of leaving the door open for Pouncey to play this week, and you have to imagine it, it might be a Sean Davis situation with his ankle where you know Pouncey sits out this game, but will be ready to go for San Francisco. I, I think that's probably where we have to lean at this point. Uh, But the Steelers are in good hands there, right? B.J. Finney as a center can be good. He's maybe not as athletic as as Pouncey, um, but still a very good uh, piece in the middle of that offensive line. On the Seahawks side, well, they also got a bunch of good news. Tyler Lockett, who missed practice on Wednesday with a back injury. He was back in a limited capacity. Seems like he's working his way back to to, to playing shape. Justin Britt, their center, back in a full capacity, and then pretty much everyone else uh, who is a starter on this team back in a full capacity, so uh, the Seahawks will also be uh, ready to go on Sunday. And and uh, Chris, this is going to be this is to me this is going to be a game about can the Steelers shut down the? I mean, it's almost it's almost identical to the conversation we had about the Patriots, right? Because you know the Patriots wanted to come out, run the ball, set up play action, and beat the Steelers in that way, and and they did for the Seahawks game. I know it's not Tom Brady, and he's not going to do all the manipulation, but just from a, a pure game plan standpoint, it does kind of feel like. This is going to be a, a similar style.
1: Yeah, I, the, the one thing I think the Steelers have on their side is that it, the, the, the Seahawks' offensive line is not the best bunch in the world. Um, so I think a lot of this is going to depend on them collapsing that pocket and forcing Wilson to use his legs and being ready for him when he does. Um, you know, And I think they have the tools for that, but certainly uh you know i can expect you can expect him to try to try to get some quick releases off but wilson's always been a guy that's been comfortable holding on to the ball letting his guys develop running around and then improvising and then finding them on the run um that's uh that's something that he does very well that's something that they have to be prepared for and i think the big thing is you know collapse that pocket see if you can get to him but Defensive, the defensive backs, they, they better be ready to run with some guys. And that means run with them on their routes, then adjust and keep running with them when they start to improvise, um, be you know, stay in, stay in their hip pocket. That's what you, that's, that's what a lot of people say is you want to stay, stay within that close range that allows you to, 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 to come up on them and, and challenge the ball. So lots of, lots of things to have to consider. Um, but the one thing I think that's the biggest thing is you're not dealing with the, um, uh, with the surgeon that that Tom Brady is so, uh, and Wilson is can cut you up very bad if you're not careful. But I think that they, they this is a chance for them to say, all right, you know, we we weren't sure about some of the looks that we were getting last week. Now we're now we're ready for those miscues and the time that they're going to try and make us feel uncomfortable. This is when you need to see some of that improvement. All
0: right, we're going to go to break here. When we come back, we'll talk about how the Steelers are going to defend the play action, which they did not do against New England. How they'll do that better against Seattle. Right after this. Hey, before we continue, I want to let you guys know about my bookie. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or would you just keep walking? Of course you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, they pay when you win. Let's face it. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet my bookie did you know that you could bet on games after kickoff if by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose you can always just take the other side if you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot try a parlay if all your picks come through you'll multiply your winnings and no matter how you bet the nfl season is the best time of year join now and my bookie will double your first deposit use promo code locked on to activate the offer that's promo code locked on Visit mybookie.ag today. Enter promo code locked on to double your first deposit. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, so what one of the, you know, we were just talking about the the Seahawks and how this defense is going to uh, attack Russell Wilson. But one of the things the Patriots did so well was the play action. And and if you, you know, I, you and I watched the All 22, and it, it just felt like on every play action, you know, when you run play action, you want to get a linebacker, you want to get a player off his spot, even if by a step. And it just felt like, in that game against the Patriots, the Steelers were off their spot by a step or two at times. I mean, they were really almost over-committing to the run at times. And, and the Seahawks are going to come out. They're going to want to establish the run. That's what they did all last year. Their run-pass ratio was, I think, uh, one of the most fa- heavily, heavily favoring the run in this game. So the Steelers are going to have to come out knowing they have to stop the run. It feels like this could be another game where the play-action really eats at the Steeler defense.
1: Yeah, it really could if they don't if they don't take away the run and that's what they got to do is they got to make sure that it's not a concern um, you know and, and and be ready for those for those moments. Don't allow don't allow Russell Wilson to have guys coming across the middle and the middle will be vacated. Um, you know, watch the guards. Watch how they react when they if they if they drop if they're coming up and they're dropping back, then you got to you got to be be ready for that. And I think that's something also that happens with the Patriots is that their cause. And and this is what great offenses do. They cause you to look at so many different things that you forget to check your basics that you're oh man, I got to worry about that communication. Oh wait, I got to worry about the rub route. Oh man, I got to worry about this. And then you forget as a linebacker in the middle of the field. Oh wait, that's right. Read the guard. They're going to tell you everything that's happening on the play. And then whoops, now you're lost. Um, You know, you got to overload people's brains and, uh, you know, I think the the Seahawks present challenges, but they're not going to present as many of those types of mental challenges that the Patriots did uh, last week and unusually do. So I can see uh, I can see this being much more favored to the Steelers and them kind of being prepared for that to happen because I'm also sure they sat in that film room and were like, "Whoa, that, ain't- that was not that was not
0: a fun." I'm sure that that was not a fun meeting. Yeah, yeah that the 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 film breakdown of. Of New England, uh, you know New England's offense versus the Steelers' defense. I mean, it was it was brutal at times. You had the time where you know Mike Hilton lost his man and and thought Steven Nelson was was a, a Patriots. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was a it was a rough one. All right, so let's talk. But let's talk about the wide receiver matchups here because you know you have DK Metcalf, who you and I talked about all throughout the draft process, and he actually had a, a good game to start. I mean, six catches or excuse me, four catches, eighty nine yards. Um, if Joe Hayden can't go in this one. You know, DK Metcalf is a big, strong guy, but he's fast, and and so you know, originally I was thinking, well, that could be a good matchup for Nelson because he's a physical guy, but you probably want to give him safety help with DK because uh, because Nelson doesn't have that that speed, and DK could just run away from him. It's going to cause Nelson to maybe play off coverage a little more. If it's if it's not Hayden, if it's already Burns, you know, maybe already Burns they better match up there because DK is still a rookie. What are you thinking? Where should the Steelers go here? As far as how do they take DK Metcalf out of this game?
1: Uh, well, one of the things, the main things, I think they need to be. I think they need to be physical with him at the line, knock him off his routes, make him uncomfortable. I know he's big, and I know he's strong, and I know he's fast, but he he is he is an NFL rookie receiver. He his his strength has never been to run sharp routes. Knock him off the route he's trying to run and make him uncomfortable. Make him have to improvise more. And, uh, and, 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 you know, make him show like, Hey, young, young kid, welcome to the league. Um, So I think Nelson, he, you know, Nelson likes to be handsy. This would be a great time for him to do that. And they should give him some safety help. I I think that would be very good for him. I'd be confident with Joe Hayden on Tyler Lockett on the other side. Um, And, you know, I think, I think I'd be confident with the rest of the defense covering the middle of the field, especially if Davis is back and Edmonds can control the middle along with Devin Bush and Mark Barron gets in the mix. Um, I think they have they have they have some good answers here for their matchups matchups but I think a big part of it you can take away Metcalf by bumping him off his routes and then even when he's working through him you know have a hand on him don't let him just just walk into everything you know make sure that you're make sure that he, he knows that you're there at all times and force him to have to make catches you know in those contested situations
0: All right one final question here more likely in this game so the last time the Steelers got blown out by the Patriots on opening day, and it wasn't really a blowout four years ago, it was it was a 28 to 21 game that was really 28 to 24 28 to 14 uh, because they scored a, oh by the way touchdown. But the last time the Steelers lost to the Patriots on opening day, they then came out the next week against an NFC West opponent, just blew them out of the water. That was the San Francisco 49ers in Heinz Field, absolutely destroyed them. So is it more likely the Steelers win in a blowout this week, or more likely the Seahawks win in
1: a blowout? I'd say more likely the Steelers. The Seahawks have, are also facing a lot of problems that, with communication. They're secondary. I think it's going to end up being a good game. But if I was to pick one, I'd pick the Steelers just because I think they have, um, for as many question marks as they have right now, I think they have more solid answers on their roster than, than the Seahawks do. I think the, the, I think the Seahawks are going to be a tough team in the NFC uh west but I, I i think this is a week where they're going to i mean and also they're coming off a really close win at home against a team they were really supposed to stomp yeah. out and they're traveling all the way across the country to the east coast um this is uh i think that this this has a lot of intangible uh advantages that go the Steelers' way as far as as far as uh, how how this this game should play out
0: yeah i mean i'm with you in that the Steelers uh, playing at home is going to be a big advantage for this offense, and and if they play it right, you know this this like you said that Seahawks defense gave up a ton of yards and a ton of yards down the field. Andy Dalton had four hundred yards passing against that secondary and was able to find John Ross deep and like you said, take advantage of some uh, communication breakdowns in their secondary. You know, I don't know if that's going to be Juju in this game, although we've seen Juju take some to the house. Feels more likely that that could be Dante Moncrief, that that could be James Washington. The only concern I have there is is the Ben Roethlisberger deep ball accuracy, which has been a problem, you know, not just last week. And We can't just say that last week he was bad in the deep ball. He's been inaccurate in that deep ball for some time. And so that that's a concern for me because if I think this is going to be a game where they're going to have opportunities once again, and they had opportunities against the Patriots to get it deep. Um, if he can hit on some of those deep balls, I'm with you. This absolutely could be a big blow because to me the big question mark, as I've said all week, is how does this offense turn it around, and and can I see this offense going from three points, unable to get first downs, unable to convert third and one, to putting up you know 30 plus points in a game, and the way it has to get there, they have to be able to break break some big plays, hit that deep ball, and get their playmakers involved. I think they can, and then defensively, um, I, you know, I, the the same concerns that you have against. Uh, New England are there but but like you mentioned it's not going to be the precision of Tom Brady in this one of, of being able to diagnose everything the Steelers are doing and immediately break it down I think Russell Wilson is going to have a little tougher time as long as the Steelers can shut down the running game in this one so I'm with you I think the Steelers they can blow this team out this, this could this could very well be a 49 ers s game in which all is right in the world on Monday the Steelers won a big game forget about the Patriots that was a matchup thing not more about this team. Uh, it didn't, didn't mean much about this team in the long run. And that
1: has to be the hope for Steeler fans on Sunday. All
0: right, that'll do it for us today. Chris, let people know where they can find your work.
1: As always, find me on Twitter at Carter Critiques. You can follow me. I will follow you back. You can DM, uh, you can at. I'm always down to talk with our fans. Thanks so much for being fans and being listeners. We really appreciate you guys a whole lot. You helped make this show great. Please, can t- please help us make this show great by going out there, subscribing to the podcast if you haven't already. Give it a like. Give it, give it a five star rating. Go in, go in and make positive comments. Those kind of things really do help us push the show along um, and uh, give and continue to give you guys great content. Um, as far as far as my other work, I work for DKPittsburghSports.com as the lead NFL analyst, where I'm breaking down the X's and O's in Carter's classroom. Been talking about all the things the Steelers did wrong last week, but we're ready to look forward. Check out, check us out today. We're talking about where they can beat the Seahawks defense and where they need to be a little bit more careful. So be on the lookout for, the, for, for that on DKPittsburghSports.com. You can read all everything there for just $0.99 cents to get yourself started on a first-month first trial. If you like it, you can stick with us. If not, we thank you for checking us out. But I know you'll love all our insider information on the Steelers, the Pirates, the Penguins, anything pro, pro sports in Pittsburgh. We cover it the best.
0: And if you subscribe now, you can also read Chris's article on Monday, his Carter's Classroom, where he's going to be covering Zach Banner's big touchdown catch oh against the Seahawks. So don't miss that. As well. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country, and we'll be back on Monday to break down Steeler Seahawks right here on Locked On Steelers.